0: good afternoon my name is carlos
1: and i will be your conference operator today welcome to the cousin o'connor public strategies series about the latest developments in politics and policy in dc our call today will be moderated by blake Rutherford, a member of cousin o'connor's public strategies our speakers are howard Schweitzer, Managing Partner, and Mark Alderman, Chairman of Cousin O'Connor's Public Strategies. This recording will also be available after the call at copublicstrategies.com, as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for Cousin O'Connor. To submit live questions, please email presidentialanalysis at Cousin.com. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for joining us. My name is Blake Rutherford, and as always, I am here with Mark Alderman, the chairman of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, and Howard Schweitzer, the managing partner of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. Gentlemen, I missed you last week, but it is good to be back with you this week. Uh um,
0: Good to have you back.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great honor to be back talking about... Well, what are we going to talk about today? Let's I'll, start. I have an idea.
0: Yeah, you got some thoughts. The Giants, the one and four Giants yeah. against <laughs> the two and three Man. Eagles tonight.
1: Yeah, it's boy, it's. I, I'm not sure that America's going to be be watching anything else. It's, right. It's uh, <laughs> the it whole is, country's talking. Well, uh, the whole country is talking. We have to about talk
2: about it. the effect of the game on the midterms. Yeah, sure, right. definitely,
1: yeah. definitely. We got some encouraging encouraging results for the for the Dems out of Pennsylvania and New York, but we'll we'll see how that right. goes. Um, right. Expecting some just. <laughs> really bad football tonight we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens yeah. we'll see what happens anyway i'm looking, looking forward to the game uh ne- nevertheless let's start we um we'll kind of we'll kind of put a bow around 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 the, the kavanaugh issue uh today because we have now the country's gotten to digest this a little bit we've had some polling shifts that that um that are very much in appear to be in the short term and in the Republicans favor although the country seems to not have not have Necessarily agreed with the Kavanaugh decision. I'm going to break that down for a minute, but um, but you know mark what we what we've seen is About 40% of the country thought that that confirming Kavanaugh was the right decision 46% said said it was it was the wrong decision Um, But then as you break it down state by state it, it gets a little more interesting what do you what do you make of uh, uh, of the Kavanaugh confirmation today, um, particularly in in terms of you know this trend of growth among GOP candidates? I mean, I'll, I want to get to those numbers, Howard, in a minute. But what do you make what do you make of Kavanaugh at, at this point? And as well, going I'm terms?
2: going to resist the temptation to tell you what I make of Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. but I will try to answer (laughs) what I think it may mean on November 6th, which is not a lot, I don't think, because I think it's cutting both ways. There are places where clearly there has been a Brett bump for the Republicans. There are places where it appears to be cutting the other way, the fundraising numbers and the early returns are actually pro-democratic leaning anyway. So I think by the time we get to November 6th, that is going to be one or maybe two crises
0: removed. Yeah. Could, yeah. Couldn't disagree more. Yeah. What do you Because think? it doesn't matter what's happening nationally, it matters what's happening locally. And what's happening in North Dakota how is it perceived in Indiana what do people think in Florida that's what's going to decide at least as far as the Senate's concerned that's what's going to decide who maintains control in the United States Senate come November come November 6th and it doesn't matter how people feel in terms of the Senate it doesn't matter how people feel in California it doesn't matter how people feel even in Pennsylvania, it matters how people feel, and, and it does matter for the House, but it, it matters how um, people feel in those very local places in terms of the Senate. So
2: you're now, I take it, backtracking on your prediction that the Democrats were in a competitive place for the Senate, because I agree with what you no, said. No, but I, I if I always thought, as we've said in here week after I'm week... Not- that the Senate was a bridge too
0: far, and Kavanaugh in North Dakota- I'm not backtracking, Mark. It's just that it, it matters, and I think it has had a positive impact for the Republicans in part because it got people energized, right or wrong, it got people energized. There was no more energy to be found on the Democratic side. Well, see, that's these are like completely. There's no out.
2: more energy to be found on the Democratic side in North Dakota because there just aren't enough Democrats to get energized. But the evidence so far that I am seeing, and Blake's got all of the numbers in front of him. There, we can go through them. Mm-hmm. Is exactly what you said uh, which is that in red state Senate races it's breaking in favor of the Republicans in purple house districts it's cutting the other way because because it does very much depend on is that why you're wearing a
0: purple tie today exactly because (laughs) there
2: are 23 house districts that uh, have Republican incumbents but Hillary won two years ago. Those alone uh, would be enough, although I'm not predicting a 23 for 23 (laughs) sweep. And then there are 50-some competitive districts. You, You and I have been through this before, and I am telling you... What I am seeing, what I am hearing, what I'm being told, and what the latest polls mm. that Blake is scrolling yeah. through well, say is that in those competitive districts, this is going the wrong way for the Republicans.
1: You know, it's it's I, funny. I, I'm sorry, I, No, I was just
0: going to say, I think it helps the Republicans in the Senate, and I think it doesn't hurt the Republicans in the House. They're already going to lose the House, yeah. and I, you know, that's it the way It may go, go to the margin. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going go to be
1: interesting. Let's, and again, polling's being... You know, uh, usual caveat of of what they are, but let me just run through some of these numbers because we got a whole bevy of polls over the last forty eight hours. North Dakota: The big headline in Politico today is that Republicans think they're you know very very close yeah. to locking locking North Dakota down. Latest poll has Kramer up twelve. Hyde um, Camp came out with a new ad though, which I thought was pretty compelling, which was um, which was pretty tough on the pretty tough on the Democrats. We'll see if if it moves the needle. I think probably the biggest news is Ted Cruz's jump in Texas. You know, that race was, last time we really talked about it, was a margin race. Polls now have him up anywhere from seven to nine points. Um, Nevada, it, still within the margin of error. Mm-hmm.
0: The colors up a little bit. Yeah, he's up two yeah.
1: um, in, in, in a poll that just came out um, today from the New York Times. Um, so, you know, again, could be... Could be an even race. Could be a five point race. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in Florida, Nelson and, and is barely it's up it's up one in the latest poll, but still again a margin race. I think the
0: hurricane down there has the potential to. Yeah, the, I mean, the aftermath of the hurricane has the potential to really upend or or make a difference anyway in 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 Florida. Yeah, I
1: think that's right. I was going to come back to that because yeah. I know we want to talk about the economy and some other other national <clears throat> national events. Um, in Arizona, mixed polling. We've got we've got McSally up six and one, Cinema up three and another, and they came out. They were they roughly covered about the same time frame, so I'm not really sure what to make of that. Donnelly still holding on narrowly, plus two in Indiana, um, Manchin plus eight in West Virginia, and obviously he voted for Kavanaugh. Um, and then I think the the kind of the third surprising surprising poll is Marsha Blackburn getting a yeah. seeing a big jump in Tennessee, now up eight. Um, so you know, again, those were tough states for the Democrats. Anyway, Mark, to your point. Um, but we did. We have seen sure. it. We have seen a shift to Howard's point as well. Yeah, so. in deeply red yeah, states, right, right, right.
2: Republicans are coming home, and the Republican candidates are opening up a lead. In purple places, it's still margin of error. And again, it, all politics. Uh, local as we say endlessly here in house district after house district in competitive house district after competitive house district the leads are actually opening the other Mm -hmm. way
1: that's right I was so it is
2: anomalous it is it is very much unusual and a confirmation of how you got to drill down generalities it, are increasingly useless uh, there's no reason the why Senate joe donnelly House.
0: should be up and up to and heidi heitkamp should be down 12. right um it's i mean it, it, north dakota is more red than indiana but not by that much it, and it, it's because he's running a, an effective
2: campaign and it's more uh, north dakota more rural yeah. That it part of what is going on here, and this is the reason that the competitive house races are the suburban races mm-hmm. largely. Even in deep red states like Indiana, like Kansas, like Missouri, even in I'll say red states mm-hmm. for Missouri, the suburban house districts are breaking hard Democratic. And and it's keeping Claire McCaskill right. and Joe Donnelly afloat. There simply are no suburbs in North Dakota.
1: Right. And, and and I think too you you've seen such dramatic a dramatic shift among suburban college educated women, you know, coming back to coming back to the Democratic Party. And North Dakota has real economic problems as a state, which if you look at If you look at the map of states that, in terms of their own state economic growth, uh, if my memory serves me, North North Dakota is very near the bottom, which would suggest that perhaps they want they want some changes. I
0: think we're going to look back on this period in American political life and conclude that Trump was the anomaly. That they never left, Blake. That those suburban women never left the Democratic Party. I think they, you know, people pulled the lever, figuratively speaking, for for Donald Trump in 2016 because they wanted something different. Yeah. They were tired as politics they were tired <coughs> of politics as usual, and and they wanted something different. And that they never really left. And by the way, yeah, he's he, he's I guess he's run as a Republican. His policies have certainly been Republican policies, but. <laughs> I don't think people well, were voting for a Republican when they pulled the lever for Donald Trump. Well,
1: it's such an interesting, an interesting time because <coughs> the generic ballot is still plus twelve plus thirty. Generic congressional ballot still plus twelve plus thirteen in favor of the Democrats, and right direction, wrong direction of the country is still it's plus sixteen, wrong direction. Yeah. So there, it's not as though, but and I want to get I want to pivot to the economy because yeah. we, you know, for a very long time we've been talking about. Economic growth, market growth. The president's tied a lot to the stock market, and last couple of days have been been a little bumpy, yeah. to say the least. Um, but uh, well, but it, yeah, it really it's is not nine thirty. Yeah, right. Know. That's what I was about <laughs> to, to say. say it's what's well, two minutes away, so we can see what it is. Right. But Howard, I do I do want to I do want to shift um, in, in light of all that to to the economy, and um, and what, what are your what, what are your thoughts about about last 24, 48
0: hours? I mean, I. I think that the um, the market being down what it was down yesterday and 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 coming out of the gate I think down this morning um, is a natural correction in a in a bull market Mm -hmm. I mean it's a very robust market we're coming off all-time highs Uh, the market takes into account interest rates, corporate profits. It's forward-looking, and it's just a little steam coming off the you know, off the top.
1: Mark, the president says the Fed's out of control. <coughs> Is he
0: right? I think he said they're going crazy. Is that what
2: uh, it was? To, did I, yeah, did just I, I, was that paraphrasing? I, 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 I always try to be fair <laughs> to the president <laughs> in, in quoting him because he's so Lincoln-esque in mm-hmm. his language. Uh, malice towards none, charity towards all is sort of the Trump theme here. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I think Howard's analysis is substantive, and I'm gonna to defer to Howard on, on substantive analysis of the, the markets. I think the question is twofold, actually. It's something we talked about. Our colleague, Hope, raised this uh, last week. Number one, what happens between now and November 6th? Because we're going to live through a couple more crises. One of them may be a major market correction. We'll see. The political question is, how is it felt in the country? Can the Democrats blame the correction on the tariffs, as Hope was saying last week? And if so, that is gonna cut again in in their favor. I guess viscerally it will feel bad for Republicans if the market sinks over the next the next month. But you gotta tie it to, to Trump
0: for it to really matter. The market the market and the economy are not the same thing. The market is a forward looking indicator of the future economy the economy today is not what the market is reflecting the economy today is strong and has trump been the beneficiary of of, trump has been the beneficiary of a decade of low interest rates interest rates are rising because the economy is doing well that's what the market is reacting to it's the natural cycle of the economy yeah Yeah, but again
2: if you're trying to decide whether to vote for Joe Donnelly to keep his job or not, let's yeah. say. If Joe Donnelly <clears throat> is telling you for the next 20, however many days, the market's crashing because of these tariffs, and you know it because soybean prices yeah. are through the roof, or have collapsed, rather. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it. yes, the market is forward-looking, but on November 6th, People are going to either blame Trump or they're or they're not.
1: Well, well, and the president set this up a little bit, right? I mean, they've put. Yeah. I mean, whether whether yeah, it's he, President Trump or Anthony Scaramucci or any other wow, surrogates, yeah, you like that. Yeah. You like I pulled that, Wait, out is he that? Yeah, out for well, Yeah, well, I mean, Trump's <laughs> wooing everybody. You <laughs> <back. He> had <laughs> ambassadors. Yeah, Scaramucci, right, right. right. <laughs> right. Scaramucci, yeah. Schultz can go with him. Yeah. to be a great team. Yeah. I. Um, I but but they have put a lot of a lot of, pardon it stock in the strength of yeah. the markets, yeah. um, so they kind of set themselves up for for a no bit no more doubt. risk. I mean, I am just going to throw it all out there and I am trying well, to. Do no that. doubt, but I mean, yeah, that's but just that's the, think the, that's the tricky. That's the tricky thing politically. I've never quite understood about because I think I think in to you know a a more sophisticated audience, they're going to understand exactly what you said, yeah. Howard. There are lots of people who who look at the stock market and do think, hey, if the stock market's up, things are great. And Trump sort of played into that a bit yeah. more than, than I seemed politically sensible, but, you know, who knows? He, the one
2: thing I don't think is going to work is blaming it on the Fed. I don't think anybody <laughs> out there in Indiana trying... To figure out whether Joe Donnelly should keep his job or not, is thinking through. Well, wait a minute. The the president said the Fed is going seriously.
0: Crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it completely works. No one knows what it means, but this is Donald Trump. It's the bob and weave. He is shifting the blame to somebody else. Blake, I don't disagree with what you said. I think he. Oh, I think he. I think he went too. If it's possible to do this, he went. Pull too much of a Donald Trump and kind of owning the success of the market, right? Because you know it is fickle and he can't control it. But this is classic Donald Trump to try to shift the blame. And Mark, I think people will completely buy. They don't know what it means to blame the Fed. They can't analyze that. No, pretty much no one can analyze it. Well, um but. I'm giving when people, in people gonna, more credit. Are people going to believe Donald Trump when he says, when he blames it on somebody else? Absolutely. Well, they believe so. everything. I mean, people believe everything. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Donnelly should just. And the media. T- no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, I think. No, I think... And these are still
1: people who still chant, who chant, lock her up to die in fine yeah, stuff. but they... Yeah, I mean... But they're yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Your point about <laughs> ag
0: and tariffs is a very good point. That's a very relevant point. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that at all. But let
2: me put a finer point on it, because I, sh- I should have been clearer, apparently, in what I was saying. The people who are chanting locker up and the people who absolutely accept anything Trump says about the Fed without knowing it, even what it is are already not voting for Joe no, that's I not true. I am talking about the undecided voters Mark, who are going to decide this race. That's so
0: not true. Well, what people, <laughs> people don't know what it means when they hear Donald Trump say the Fed's going crazy, but they pay attention to it. Every media outlet, I'm holding up my iPhone now. Every media outlet in the country this morning is broadcasting that Donald Trump said the Fed's going crazy. I think that you don't think people are paying attention undec- to that. Undecided voters? No,
2: I'm not saying they aren't listening to the news. I am saying that, and we're talking about undecided voters in Indiana. I think that they're paying more attention to tariffs than they are to some the feds going
0: crazy. They're paying a lot right of away. attention to tariffs. But I I agree. But I think they're also receptive to the message. Clearly this guy is the master of Bob and Weave. And there people are people aren't gonna freak out about the stock market because in I think in part because he's gonna shift they're not going to freak out on it as it relates to Donald Trump, in part because they're going to shift the blame, because he's shifting the blame um, to the Fed. Now, economically speaking, the tariffs um, in the agricultural states are having an impact. I think it's slow, but it's it's starting to seep into the public consciousness more and more. So that's a I I, I agree the, with you on that. I I think we're in violent agreement here. Well, what is going on, let
2: me just give another example. And and we will find out, by the way, in 20-some days. But what is going on is a massive miscommunication campaign by the Republicans starting in the White House and going down through the House district races, a massive miscommunication campaign To misrepresent the facts on the Democrats' positions on health care and immigration and more. We are now back to Trump and his American carnage
0: stops here and mob rule. And we're going to find out if it works. Because the Democrats are completely pure in their messaging and... There are no myths, truths out there on the Democratic side of the aisle. Everything is no. perfectly clear and factual and consistent. Well, are those, House, are those White House talking points
2: you're reading from? <laughs> it's a blank I mean,
0: page, so I give you credit for thinking <laughs> that all
2: by yourself. <laughs> no, come on, Mark. There is, as we have said in here a thousand times, one of the questions about this midterm is whether there actually is a Democratic message so you you it's will rogers and i'm not a member of well, the organized party i'm a democrat <laughs> but let's talk healthcare let's talk healthcare the president published an op-ed in uh, the USA, 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 today. usa today thank you was, it, it would be laughable if it weren't actually about the future of our country and Democrats nationwide district by district are being uh, blamed for policies that they don't endorse and sure it happens up and down the ticket on on both sides but thank you but what we are seeing is a coordinated and and massive White House led uh, Oval Office led miscommunication campaign on health care and immigration and and we'll see it worked once it worked once it worked last time at the presidential level for a thousand reasons the democratic candidate and and more but but we're going to find out whether that scare tactic has grown a, a little old here uh, and and I think again you got to look race by race by race and ask whether whether swing voters in suburban Kansas City really believe that the Democratic House candidate there running against a Republican incumbent is going to bankrupt the country with socialism.
0: See, I guess I think... I think not, That, but we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, look, I've said dozens of times that healthcare is the dominant issue in in November that's why I shifted to Uh, of course (laughs) but um if you're Donald Trump you're playing long ball here and yeah he's trying to preserve the Senate majority at least I think it's actually good for Donald Trump if the House goes to the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi is the next speaker I think a lot of what's going on now is good for donald trump in 2020 the china stuff he, he knows it i think the fact that the market is down as a reflection of where the economy um, may be headed and there are lots of people predicting recessions a couple of years that that's bad for trump but a democratic nancy pelosi and i know you're now going to tell me that she's not going to be the next speaker but she's going to be the next speaker mark a, a democratic-controlled House led by Nancy Pelosi is good for Donald Trump in 2020. Don't think he doesn't know that. He wants to keep the Senate so he can get people confirmed. But it's well, a lot of what's going on is good for Trump. I'm good for okay. his reelection.
2: Okay. I don't know that he is promoting a democratic takeover of the House because no, he's not promoting his it. leadership. Will he's be not promoting good for it, but he knows it's good for his
0: reelection. Maybe. Maybe. All yeah, you I'm, guys are going to win the battle, but you're going to lose the war.
2: Well, we'll see. We're, I'm focused on the battle. I'm not going to be uh, suckered into talking about 2020. I've I'm made it, it my I know. It's not going <laughs> to work. I've, I've turned down better offers than this to talk about 2020. Let's, on November 7th, when's our Beltway briefing post-election?
1: Yeah, right. 2020
2: and off to the races. But until then, I am focused on what happens in the next 26 days, are we, 27 days? And what's good for Trump in 2020 is is for another time. Um, I, just coming back, if I may, to the conversation that we were having, uh, We'll, we'll see what happens between now and then. I don't think that anything that has happened in recent weeks, Kavanaugh, yesterday's market crash, the unfortunate, awful hurricane in Florida, Nikki Haley mm, resigning, fine. that something else is going to grab the news cycle for a week between now and the election. We'll see which way that cuts but to answer your original question, I I think our my prediction remains no real path for Democrats in the Senate and no real path for Republicans in the House.
1: Yeah.
2: And and it is anomalous to see the two go in different directions, but it's the map. That's yeah. just geography.
1: You know, it's the president was in Erie, Pennsylvania, last night, um, full house, and which yeah. he. You know decided to to go despite the market and the hurricane um because people had been waiting for 10 12 hours and so he thought that was was a good thing to do they filled the filled the arena there and there in the erie which i haven't been to so contextually i don't know uh, what that means but he was pretty pretty tough on pretty tough on um, on your friend Bob Casey, and, and on, on Democrats, especially on yeah. the issue of immigration. So well, I, be I'm sure
2: we're going to see Barletta leap from 32 to 33 percent <laughs> to after Trump's <laughs> visit. I think he did a world of good for his, his candidate in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, um, I'm feeling so, pretty good about that race. Yeah, I think yeah <laughs> that's that's that that's not one on our uh, yeah. on our too close to call list. Um, I do want to wrap up um, this discussion with just touching in on governorships because we um, again to add another dynamic to all of this and if you look at if you look at the gubernatorial map and you were to sort of I think rank your your top ten races that are likely to change hands all nine of ten are occupied by Republicans the 10th Alaska being right. an independent and some of these are open seats so um, but I wanted to just kind of touch in I mean the, the races that that were particularly interested in Ohio Mark Rich Cordray the, the um, former Obama official and um, and former AG of Ohio seems to be kind of pulling away from from Mike DeWine there in Ohio and Sher Brown, Senator Sherrod Sherrod Brown. Brown seems okay. seems fine yeah. Um, we've got a too close to call race in Wisconsin where Scott Walker is running for a third term. We've got a way too close to call race in Florida, um, and I think the storm there, and particularly um, particularly the response, Howard, something you raised earlier, mm-hmm. um, that's a place where certainly that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna have some impact, and and we'll see. Um, we've got a margin of error race in Nevada um, where. Um, where polls are kind of shifting all over the place. It looks like the Democrats going to going to pull away in Michigan um, and the Democrats going to pull way ahead in Illinois. Um, right. And so and then you've got Alaska, New Mexico, Maine, Iowa, other states that are likely to flip. But it is entirely possible. Democrats could take all 10 of all 10 of those governorships. Um, despite well, losing yeah. the Senate and winning the House, it's just an, it just it cuts every which it cuts every which way. Yeah. Is the point? It's numbers
0: because yeah. Yeah. the map, as good as it is for the Republicans in the Senate, is bad for the Republicans at the gubernatorial level.
1: Yeah, I mean we've got a little bit of overlap here. I mean you do have you've got Democrats on the on the ballot and and Senate races in Ohio and Wisconsin, Florida, and Nevada, um, Michigan. Um, and New Mexico. So there, well, there's what, a little well, bit of yeah, a little having, bit of... Having said
2: earlier that uh, generalizations uh, are dangerous, I'm going to now generalize if I may <laughs> for one minute about governors. Uh, this is a deeply divided country. It, it, if we learn nothing else from the Kavanaugh nightmare, whichever side you were on, we learn again how deep and dangerously divided this country is and no one is is uniting it on either on either side but i think you could very well see a reflection of that deep division even within states you could easily see in nevada a republican elected governor and a democrat elected senator or vice versa it it, it Say, reflection of the deep division that is out there in many, many places. But the map, as you and Howard were just saying, in the governor's races is the inverse, obverse, converse, it's something (laughs) of the Senate races. And for sure, governors are going to pick up some state, some uh, Democrats are going to pick up some governorships. And I'm going to just say the words 2020 to this oh, extent oh, which oh. matters <laughs> greatly in the conduct of elections yep. and in redistricting. Yep. So th- those are races not to be ignored. Right. So
0: I know we're talking governors now but just to go back sure. to the House for a second sure. and, and to your point about division in the country Mark, it's I think we have to watch not just Who's in the majority in the House, but by how much? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a, a one vote majority is a majority, but there's this thing called governing and actually making laws. And these, to your point earlier about the Democratic Party, it's this is not a cohesive party. There are going to be plenty of people who don't want Nancy Pelosi to be the speaker. There are going to be plenty of people who do. And whether it's on the speakership or matters of policy, um, the margin the margin of victory, yep. so to speak, yep. matters a lot. And I think will reflect a lot about the direction of the country. Yeah, I
2: agree. The margin of victory matters um, in, in another way. And I have to just put a, a plug in here. If I may, I have a an op-ed that was published this morning in Real Clear Politics about what happens to the Democratic Party if we don't take back the House. The point being that the establishment wing of the party is going to sink like a rock and the progressive wing is going to be completely uh, ascendant. The same phenomenon will happen to a degree depending on the margin. A one vote margin, a one right. vote victory is gonna mean that the party is still divided oh, good. and, and yeah. that the leadership yeah. is still under siege. A 60 vote, which is not my prediction, <laughs> but were there to be a 60 vote pickup, which I think the Republicans had in 2010, right? It's not unheard of. That that would go a long way towards settling the establishment progressive
0: divide temporarily. Yeah, if it's a thin majority, it plays right into my point earlier about winning the battle and, and losing the war.
1: Yeah, yeah, and check it out. <clears throat> Deja vu for Democrats. realclearpolitics.com. com. It's on the homepage. So um, so check it out. Um, well, to be continued, gentlemen. I think. Um, a lot, a lot to discuss. A lot more um, to dissect. We will be back when. Do we know? Seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah, very <laughs> soon. All right. So six right. days Thank from today, you. which is an eternity. So, um, first of all, thanks to everybody uh, for listening, comments, questions, criticisms. The moderator are always welcome. You can find us at. cozen <clears throat> uh, and out. Uh, what is our email? I keep losing. <laughs> presidential analysis at com. Sorry, a lot going on. Um, visit us at copublicstrategies, uh, dot com, or you can find us uh, online elsewhere. Mark, thanks. Howard, thank, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next week.